Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. I like to play with things a while before annihilation. Pathetic Earthlings! Who can save you now? Ah! Entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This. <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 117 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Araj Dolachahi, and my co-pilots for this post-Halloween episode, but we're actually recording on Halloween night. Ooh. Yes. My co-host, Carlos. Buargoyo. Mr. Crunch Crunch is more. You said it already. Just say your name. Less. Say your last name. Gonzalez. The man we call El Hombre. The man who's in the best mood that I've ever heard him be on this podcast. Mr. Eric. Is good at math. Strathers. Yes. How you guys doing? Fine. It's like we've never done a podcast. That's right. Ricky. <laughs> Eric, how you doing, buddy? Buddy, I'll tell you, man. It's not been the best of days or weeks for that matter, but man, mostly just days. But things are looking up right now. Great. Great. I'm glad we can brighten your spirits up again because you did have a good four weeks in a row of great and good or great and fantastics. <laughs> yeah. I, here's the thing. I'm a, I believe in positive thinking. So sometimes I don't necessarily really feel that way, but I put it out there. So that I have something to chase. That's a great philosophy. I That's love it. That's deep. That is deep. And now, Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. One thing kids like is to be tricked. For instance, I was going to take my little nephew to Disneyland. But instead, I drove him to an old burned-out warehouse. Oh no, I said. Disneyland burned down. He cried and cried. But I think that deep down, he thought it was a pretty good joke. I started to drive over to the real Disneyland, but it was getting pretty late. 
That's like a glowing golden carrot on a stick. Yeah. That's amazing. You just keep on chasing it. Yeah. Now, dude. Dude, that's what I do with Twinkies. Oh, there it is. That's exactly right. A golden glowing Twinkie. Mr. Gonzalez, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. I'm exhausted. I've been scaring the crap out of little kids and are at work. Yes. Yeah, you must preface that. We've had two weeks of scaring crap out of. Damn, it feels good. (laughs) And today we took in. A very great, amazing group with uh, individuals with disabilities that we've been working with all year. They wanted to go through this haunted maze that we built and mansion that we built. It's just a really cool thing that we built. And we kind of like preface this and say that we warned them like, this is pretty freaky, but they were really about going in and doing it. And we made sure we had their leader go in and check it out and see if it was okay. They thought it was okay. And they had a blast. It was so wonderful to see them. So excited, and I don't think any of them have been to a haunted house before. That's awesome. Unless you guided a whole group, didn't you? Yeah, I've, I've been a tour guide through this thing for quite a few years. Yes. You guided them to their doom? Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for Les because when he is the guide, we fuck with him the most. That's great. Like, I hit him in the balls with a snake. <laughs> God, and I so. can't take heads off in there, so. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Well, and you can't see in there. Yeah. Either, you know, so it's. <laughs> no, I literally can't turn and just start. Hitting no, people yeah, that are flailing. No, yeah. like, the kids are already crying and they're hanging on to me. Yeah. These guys are all I think smacking me I in the head. I massaged his scalp while he was doing it. I almost time. tore his ACL one day. No, no, no. His uh, Achilles one year, though. What? Roger's goofing around yeah. the door. Yeah, he messed with yeah, And I just power shoved the door like, bam, open the damn door. He's like, ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Ah, ah. And yes, the, we get paid for doing this, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. That's why we've been there for all of the kids are going, yeah. is that Coach Raj? And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> last last year, ah! Eric, last year, a kid turned around and punched me in the nose because he got so scared. That's awesome. Yeah, because I was hiding. Aww. Freaked out and punched me in the nose. That, boy, almost that broke kid. my nose. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, Mr. Carlos Borguel? I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How's the boot knee train rolling these days? The boot knee train is uh, rolling very well. We got to we got to see Brittany Brown, yes. and we got to see the boot knee train in full force because we celebrated <laughs> a uh, birthday, my birthday, and we went to an 80s bar. We rented out a bus, and mm-hmm. we caravaned it all the way over to an 80s bar, and we had a great time, and we were all dressed up. Yes. And thank you for everybody for going. It was a lot of fun. So I did get to see uh, Brittany Brown. Yes, you did. And Rusty Brown, we're thinking of you because we're still loving the fact that we got to do that radio play. And <laughs> it's been the talk of the town. Yeah, it has been. People love it. And we were waiting for part two. So, <laughs> eagerly. Eagerly, eagerly. All right, guys. You ready to uh, get into the shenanigans? Always. Absolutely. We are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. And let me tell you, a diverse podcast network. With podcasts like Now This Podcasting, Rogue One, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Our Boy Steel, Rebel Girl, First Order Transmissions, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 2187, The Cargo Hold, and Fingered with Randy and Jason. If you listen to Now This Podcasting, you heard that I was on last week. We had a great time. We got to talk about things like Dom from Summer's Underworld, his, his amazing uh, sex attributes. Yeah. yeah, we also did talk some Star Wars in there and some 80s television shows. And I got to – actually, speaking of Dom, I got to be on the Kazuda cast. And it's a Star Wars Underworld, Star Wars Resistance podcast that breaks down each episode. And I had a lot of fun on there. So check them out. You can find us on Facebook and you can find us on Instagram. Just look up the Sith list. Hotline 707-65-GEEK1. That's 707-654-3351. 
Go to TeePublic, look for some swag. iTunes, please leave some reviews. Check out our website, thesithless.net, for some cool stuff. And that is your shenanigans. By the way, we want to thank Rebecca and Jesse from Your Creepy Podcast for coming on last week and doing our Halloween episode. We had a blast with them. It was a lot of fun and talking horror and scary stuff. And it was just a good time. So thank you guys again for coming on and check their podcast out, especially during these times. You want to get creeped out. It's Halloween. It's the Day of the Dead. It's time to get creeped out. It's time for our PSD box office report. This week's box office report is brought to you by the company who's always number one in the designer box or brief category, PSD Underwear. Since 2007, PSD specializes in premium, affordable underwear with styles for men, women, and youth. They have put together a talented group of designers that include pro athletes Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Chandler Parsons, Baker Mayfield, and just added to the PSD family, pro gamer Ninja. Other designs include Rick and Morty, Hey Arnold, Ren and Stimpy, Saved by the Bell, WWE, and a ton of other pop culture designs that will catch your eye. So go to PSDunderwear.com and check them out on Facebook. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. I'm wearing them right now. PSD, wear your life. Universal's Halloween topped the weekend box office once again, contributing to what is now the highest grossing October of all time, with grosses topping $785 million with three days in the month remaining as of right now. The top three hasn't changed at all. Got Halloween at $31 million, A Star is Born, who is consistently at the 14 to $20 million mark, and Venom at $10 million. Now, Venom also surpassed $500 million worldwide. So pretty good. And I think Star is Born has made over $270 million mm, so far. That's pretty good. Worldwide. Yeah, that's uh, pretty good for a movie in October that doesn't have to do anything scary. Yeah. And also is not a comic book film. Mr. Struthers. Yes. Are we ready for some Star Wars chit chat? We are ready, man. We are it. ready. Let's so. Yeah, let's do it. We talked about this last week. John Williams had to miss a performance. And we have word from Soundtrack Fest. Uh, By the way, I got this from the Star Wars Underworld that we mentioned just a second ago. That uh, John Williams is doing well and will head home soon. The quote from it was, John Williams is recovering well from his illness and will return to Los Angeles next week, according to information provided by Mike Matasino, record producer, who had firsthand information from John Williams' circle. So that's great news, man, because that guy, John Williams, is awesome. And we're lucky to have him doing what he does. Absolutely. Godspeed to you, sir. You are. Thank the maker. And thank Mm -hmm. you for being healthy again and keep doing what you do. If you haven't had a chance to see him, hopefully you'll get the opportunity. I've seen him multiple times and he is just remarkable. Mm -hmm. Just a remarkable human being. The next thing, and I, I'm i sure people are going to be kind of sad about this, at least some people. Kathleen Kennedy says the Boba Fett movie is dead. No good to me, dead. Not happening. Not happening. You want to find out more, you can take a look in depth at makingstarwars.net. But the gist of it is, is that they're going to focus on the Mandalorian. 
which I, I mean makes sense. But I know a lot of people are pulling for a Boba Fett movie at some point. And there was supposed to be a a teaser trailer for a Boba Fett movie. I guess that was at Celebration London. Yeah. And and so that was, it that was, was the Trank project, correct? Correct. And then rumor had it that James Mangold had been hired to do the thing. So I guess it's it's just not happening. It's that's not to say that it'll never ever happen, but it's just not happening. I remember right our now. friend Haas Burkhart when that news came out. And that news came out the day that we were going to go see Solo, mm-hmm. and he was down here, and everybody was coming up to him and saying, "Dude, how do you what do you feel about this? How do you feel?" He's like, "I you know until this thing comes out, I don't." I'm not going to feel anything because I don't, I don't trust it. <laughs> I don't trust it. It's just too good to be true. And uh, let's just wait and see. So unfortunately, I, I feel sorry for him because he was very excited about it. I was excited about it. Any kind of storyline that has to do with that beautiful armor, the Mandalorian mm-hmm. armor that is Boba Fett. I, you know, do we need a Boba Fett movie right now? Why not? But when we're talking about it on now, this is podcasting is maybe – they're concentrating things on the Mandalorian so much, and maybe that's will, where we'll see some Boba Fett. Maybe I I think there there's got to be at least some reference to him. I would think. Well, I don't know, you know how they, you they could reference know that. Boba and Jango in the synopsis. Why wouldn't you have something that ties in if you're if you're even going to put him in the synopsis? Remember the original right. synopsis, yeah. So you would think there's got to be something. Yeah, it, it would be a. It would be a uh, like a travesty, you know. You know, it would just a little bit would make fans happy. You know, we're talking about Mandalorians, and you you need to at least make a mention, or you know, maybe like a just like a like a side shot or something like that, or you know, something similar or something. Because you know, just just a, a little bit of just make fans happy. It would just right. be a travesty not to. It really yeah. would be. It would be really cool. So speaking of the Mandalorian, some pretty. Uh, Rough news, some expensive camera gear was stolen from the not the set, at least we're pretty sure not the set that uh, Jason, well, that Araj was also at. Not from that one, from a different one. Expensive camera gear stolen. And and this quote is from, so I got this from MakingStarWars.net, of course, via TheBlast.com. Production is extremely worried. A memory card containing sensitive information may have been jeopardized. That's a huge bummer, man. Now, as of yet, we've not heard even the slightest hint that somebody has inside information about the show that they're dying to share on some stupid platform like Reddit, for example, (laughs) or, you know, 4chan. But so there's been nothing. So who knows? Maybe... You know, I think the hope is, is that it was not that you're glad that stuff got stolen, but that it was just a random theft that had nothing to do with the fact that it was Star Wars. Right. And I, I was asking Jason about that information. Let's just say randomly that somebody we know pretty much stole the camera, got all the information and then put it out on the Internet. How would that work with like the FBI or Lucasfilm? He said, if anybody puts that out, they will trace that shit so quickly back to the source of where it came from, that that person would be definitely in jail or there would be some serious uh, situations going on. I don't know if Absolutely, we'll ever, I don't know man. if we'll ever see that footage, really. Boba Fett would hunt them down. Ooh, nice. He's worth a lot to me. 
Nice. They put a bounty on him. I'm totally picturing the FBI saying, hey, Fett, you're up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dropping a dossier on his desk. Yeah, just slamming it down. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a robot. Chicken sketch. <laughs> I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. Those cameras are not easy just to go into a set. First of all, it's not easy to walk into a set. Second of all, it's not easy to pick up one of those cameras that are on cranes, those type of cameras. We saw them on set, and they're massive. They're big cameras. Just to go in there with your pickup truck, get one of those cameras, put on your pickup truck, and just get the hell out of there. Definitely cannot see that happening. But I can see somebody working on set, maybe at an outside firm or security. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying I can see it being an inside job where somebody lets somebody else go come in with the truck, and then that's how it goes down. Now, you were the uh, an inspector in loss prevention. For Correct. Carter, my friend. What is your theory on this? crazy inside job is like you said the most likely scenario when you talk about like really high dollar stuff and especially in a site that's even slightly secure inside job at least some component of it had something to do with somebody on the inside it sucks because a loss like that can be devastating you i mean just one for the intellectual property but just the cost of the gear the cameras, production cameras, the price can get astronomical. And I don't know what the value of any of this stuff. They've not, you know, mentioned it specifically that I've seen. But to get away with something like that, it pretty much would take inside knowledge or help. I have a bid on a camera for 115000 right now on eBay. So hopefully it's not that one because hmm. I don't want I don't want to buy a, hot property. Just a certain camera, just uh, a certain camera, and it has a logo of Mandalorian uh, ah. armor on it. Mandalorian, you know, the bones gotcha. and the thing. Hopefully I'll get outbid. Yeah, I don't have a hundred thousand. <laughs> oh, so get this, man! So I like to you know buy my cool Star Wars toys, and ShopGoodwill dot com is a cool auction site to score some surprisingly cool stuff at times. And I was bidding on a lot of the Hot Wheels diecast ships. They're small. Oh, yeah. They're they're better than the Black Series diecast ships, by the way. Anyhow, so I'm bidding on it. Long story short, I put in my last second. Here's my my maximum bid: thirty two dollars and seventy five cents for this lot of ships. Well, I get a notific notification email just a little bit later that said. You've won the auction for $37 and something, something. And I'm like, huh, I guess I got the numbers reversed somehow. And I'm like, no, there's no way because that isn't even a combination of the numbers that I put in there. Well, I look back and this was, mind you, this was like with 45 seconds to go when I did this. So I was under duress. My bid was $3,275. Holy crap. Are you serious? Yeah, but it does. It does. It's just like eBay, where it does it by proxy, you know. So it's just incremental bidding, <laughs> right? But dude, I was like, yeah, that could have gone so wrong. <laughs> Dan Struthers just putting down money. They must be fucking great diecast, die like diehard diecast. My God, yeah, yeah, dude, I'm a baller. I'd, I was <laughs> living large, <laughs> balling all in on that. My God, that's fine. Hey, our friend Sal is on Star Wars Stories. Our Star Wars our Stories. Star Wars it's it's so good. Their segment is so, so good. 
Today I'm in Anaheim, California, visiting the Pirellis family, who've made cosplaying Star Wars a binding force in their lives. This is their Star Wars story. Sal! Hi. I was born in 81, so I'm that generation that doesn't remember before Star Wars. <laughs> For Sal, growing up, he always had Star Wars, but I didn't. Where I'm from, that part of Puerto Vallarta, it was not about like in music from America or anything like that. So there was no Star Wars for me. I'm sure maybe another um, social economic class would have right. that, but not mine. I think that the first time I ever had anything or I knew about Star Wars was when I got this little R2D2 and I thought it was a trash can. What are you talking about? So literally that was my trash can for my Barbary. Then I came here when I was like 21, 22, okay. met Sal and he introduced me to Star Wars. It's great to see Sal and his wife talking about what they do and to see the kids and how stoked they are on it. And I'll tell you what, man, seeing the confidence of those two with with Lizzie and Axel, she, you know, Lizzie, the way she carries herself in the interview and stuff, and she's talking about kicking ass and taking names with the Saber Guild and and the fact that she she doesn't feel like she has to be anybody but herself is really cool, man. And to see it's Sal and what it means to him, that it's a great watch and I can't possibly recommend it enough. Yeah, they're the Perales family. They are just wonderful, wonderful people. And we've been lucky to hang out with them. And Lizzie and Axel are great kids. And Lizzie, we've known, Les and I have known through our goals program from back in the day, just this really small world that we met Lizzie before we knew Sal was or knew now this podcasting was because she was in our program. Yep. And Les was running a program at the time that Lizzie was in and I was at the office. I was involved in it. So we met her way before we even knew who Jason or Sal or Mount. She was Star Wars murder on all the pop culture trivia. Oh, questions. she was, yeah, fantastic. She <laughs> just, just, just Star knocking them out. Pursuit, right back in the day. Yeah. Just, and she's all, can I bring a game? And I'm like, sure, you can bring a game. We'd love it. She brings Star Wars Trivial Pursuit. I'm yeah. like, what? She's like, my dad loves Star Wars. Had no idea it was Sal. Yeah, we had no idea. And I was at dinner with Sal and Liz. <laughs> Isn't that crazy with Liz? And um, also with Jason. And she comes in and she goes, oh, my God, I think I know you. You're in the Golds program. And I said, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? So it was a really small world. And to see them like shine on this our Star Wars stories, it's just it's amazing. And Axel's such a good kid as well, man. And just they're a great family. And I'm so happy for them. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just really, really good. Speaking of YouTube, Star Wars stuff you should check out. On the Disney XD YouTube channel, there is a show that the way they're putting this together is kind of interesting, I guess you'd say. It's called Lego Star Wars All-Stars. And if you're familiar with the Lego Star Wars shows at all, they're great, man. There's been a, a, a like one that wasn't I wasn't super hip to, but overall... The, the comedy's good. It's very well done. It's a lot of fun. And what they're doing with this is, so by the time you hear this on Sunday, it will there will have been five segments released, one for each day of this week that we're currently in right now. And then they will compile those and add, I think, three more segments, they said, and it will air as a special on Disney XD. Uh, no, I want to say it said like November 10th. Maybe I'm just making that up, apparently. But anyway, that's how it's going to work. And they're super fun. I think my favorite so far has been the first one. And it is starring Roger from the Freemaker Adventures. And he talks about how he came to be. It's 
great stuff. It's a real short, really quick watch, but my kids think it's hilarious. Very well done. That's awesome. I haven't seen anything um, about it yet until I think I saw something today and it's like, what, what is this? So this is very cool. Uh, why don't we play the, uh, like the short trailer real quick? Sure, man. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Join your favorite band of heroes and villains in Lego Star Wars All-Stars with Han Solo, Chewbacca, Lando, Leia, Akbar, BB-8, Rose, Finn, Maz, Rey, Kylo Ren, Phasma, Ravala, and Roger? It's an epic space adventure that keeps on building. Lego Star Wars All-Stars, coming to your galaxy. Yes! So after taking a look at this thing, all the cutscenes, the action's happening so fast. But I think one of the things that really stuck to me was seeing Finn and Phasma. I've not seen Finn in the Lego Star Wars world before. So I think that'll be cool. And speaking of Star Wars cartoons that my kids dig. Here we go. The newest episode of Star Wars Resistance called the high tower was super super cool i think it's my son was on the edge of his seat there's a lot of suspense the animation is still just excellent the the characters i'm finding myself liking them more my only minus for this particular episode would be donald Faison's portrayal of his character which is weird because i think that guy is fantastic but it was almost too much. He was almost overselling the part a little bit. But past that, man, that show is, in my opinion, knocking it out of the park. Yeah, I I love that. That's been, This last episode was my favorite episode so far. It was fantastic. And it was great to see the First Order come in. It was great to see Kaz actually doing some spy work and getting information. So that was very cool. The, like the colors, the animation, everything is on point, man. And it is funny. I think it's really funny. And the quirkiness and the, the weird, like emotions that Kaz shows is just straight anime. So th- I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to present this as an anime cartoon series. And that's what anime does. And I know Les and I know Boo watch anime and. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, Les, when, when the characters, the main characters do these weird expressions or like these outrageous bumbling things, isn't that typical to anime? Yeah, it's an emphasis on like something comical, something not going right. So like, I know a lot of the criticisms with Kaz's character that he's like a bumbling idiot sometimes and he makes these weird facial expressions or it's like kind of off-putting the, the way the animation is sometimes with him, with his expressions. But that's typical, I yeah, believe. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and even to anime to quasi anime like uh shows like avatar the last airbender or legend of korra there's you know times where for comic relief there's a character and and their expressions and you know like always to stub your toe and then it starts throbbing really grotesquely yeah Yeah. that kind of thing yeah yeah, that's that's how i that's how it looks that's how i feel so now we have a voicemail from our liege our king king tom he wanted to talk about the anniversary of, I think it was it's the five year anniversary, if I'm not mistaken, or six year of six six year of Disney buying Lucasfilm. And by the way, I read an article about they've made all their money back already. Oh just, yeah, just on the 
movie franchises. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, it doesn't even Not, count the doesn't merchandise. Count the licensing, the merchandising, or anything that they're going to be getting from anything else. So they've already made their money. And then a six-year investment, in six years, an investment that much for $4 billion, it's unprecedented Yeah, in the entertainment yeah. industry. Good job, Disney. But we mm-hmm. do have and a uh, voicemail for King Tom regarding the anniversary. So let's hear what he has to say. Gentlemen, the king. Hey there, Sith listeners. It's King Tom. Hi, King Tom. So this week, Tuesday, so marked the sixth anniversary of Disney buying Lucasfilm. And I've been thinking about it a lot. And if you ask me, I think it's the most important day in Star Wars history. Because it really opened up the franchise and what we as fans have got. You know, right before the the sale, Star Wars was kind of in a holding pattern, a TV show and some video games. But really, George didn't have any plans to do the movies on his own. He, He wasn't incentivized to. And then the sale happened and we just started getting so much more. The saga got focused. And since then, I've been a fan of pretty much everything we've gotten from books and comics to movies. Video games could be a bit better, but you know, that's really my only, my only problem. Um, and I think of all the people that could have done something with it, Disney was probably the only studio that was able to continue the franchise from every aspect you know they did it with marvel and now they're doing with star wars and also in terms of you know fandom i was a huge star wars fan before the sale but my love for the saga really was reignited and i i know it could be better and some people don't treat everyone like they deserve to be treated but i think you know i I love the, the the fan community we have um, and I, most importantly, I'm able to share the saga and new stuff in the saga with my kids. And so that's, I, I wanted to talk about that and just see what you guys, uh, I know you all have different varying levels of, uh, being into Star Wars. So I want to see what you guys thought about it, um, and what your impressions were of the sale when it happened. Because to me, on uh, my first reaction, I didn't, didn't know what to think, uh, I was envisioning Mickey that Mickey Vader and goofy stormtroopers, and <laughs> I've never been so happy to be wrong. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for being there every week. Uh, keep up the great podcast. Goodbye. I'd like to say something really quick before I give it to all of you guys. I just want to say, first of all, thank you, King Tom, for that great voicemail. And right when you were talking about it, I just realized that if it wasn't for Disney buying Lucasfilm, we wouldn't be here podcasting. I wouldn't know who Eric Struthers is. I wouldn't know who King Tom is. I wouldn't, we wouldn't be on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network only because the reason I'm saying this is because when they bought Lucasfilm, I started getting into podcasts mm-hmm. because I was so excited about the news and what was coming. You were uh, revitalized. Yeah. Just like he said, he got re-energized. I, I did too. I got re-energized about Star Wars again. And I was so excited. I just started going down the list. Now this is podcasting, Star Wars Underworld. I hit all of them up. The full of Sith. So I started listening to all of them and that led us to Rogue One and that, you know, the rest is history. But, um, yeah, I, if it wasn't for the, for Disney buying it, we wouldn't be here right mm-hmm. now. That's my take on it. It's same, same thing, man, that I've always loved Star Wars. It's always been a thing, but it, it like reawakened, pardon the pun, mm-hmm. but it really did. It reawakened my fandom because, I was at a point where 
it, I never, obviously never thought there were going to be any more Star Wars movies. And like King Tom, I was concerned about a <sighs> mishandling of Star Wars of, of, I don't know about Darth Mickey, but it definitely was something I was concerned about that it would be real kitty and get flipped on its head. But I'm super stoked with how they've handled it. Obviously I've made my opinion pretty well known. And just the fact that how it's made the world so much smaller in, in this fandom for me, like podcasting with you guys and, I've got friends who live in Australia and all this other stuff because right. of Star Wars being back. And yeah, A plus for me. Yeah, and I, I've, I've, I'm glad that they're taking ch- chances. Mm-hmm. I know some people think they've been safe, but I think they've really taken some risks and with the best of intentions. So A plus. Yeah. And I think that there's no other company that could have bought Lucasfilm and do what they've done. Right, Sony, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers. There's no way the quality would have been the same. No, no absolutely not. I agree 100 percent with you guys. Although I grew up with Star Wars and it was going on while I was a kid, I always felt that it wasn't mine per se. Kind mm-hmm. of thing, like it was bizarre's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I was not not that I was too young for it, but I wasn't able to grasp what it was at the time when it was fresh you know like uh the only movie i saw in theaters was revenge of the sith that was the only one i had had the opportunity to see Mm. now with them you know buying lucasfilm and doing all this i feel like i have a closer connection you know now with star wars because i can say this is my star wars you know this came out when i when i was you know fully aware of what it is that kind of thing and it uh and uh you know like you said Araj, you know you know Gave us tons of friends and, you know, tons of opportunity. Gave us a, a wonderful podcast, you know, uh, allowed me to meet the woman that I love, stuff Aww, like that. So, the yeah. Booty train. I know, I know. So, yeah, so no, yeah. It is absolutely a, uh, yeah, King, King Tom's probably right. It probably is the biggest day in Star Wars. It really is. Yeah, it really yeah, is. He probably is right. How about you, Mr. Gonzalez? <laughs> If I'm going to butcher Struthers' name every week, I'm definitely going to try yeah, to butcher no, yours. You about, that's what our boss says, my name. I was taken aback at first. I was like, oh, God, Disney's going to take everything. Yeah, you weren't the only one. And Shit, then I was like, you know what? This is cool. Because I figured, not so much for the movies, but now Disney would be able to do more things with Lucasfilm. Right. And, you know, you go on Star Tours, and all I could think of is like, oh, no, they're going to make awesome park stuff. They're going to make tons yeah, of cool, are. tons of cool park stuff. And, then when I think you mentioned, oh, and there's another movie already coming out soon. And they did. And it was like, oh, sh- And they're oh. going to make something animated. And they did. Yeah. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh, And they oh. might make a TV show. And they are. Yep. <laughs> and then you just start looking and you're going, oh, okay. They're, ro- they're, they're, they're taking this and making stuff. They're doing things. Right. Not taking it and sitting on it going, okay. Like, they had a, a plan and... I want to say flawlessly. I'm sure plenty of people will be out there. I don't know about that, but damn near those guys. Yeah, yeah those the, the people sitting in the war room that made the decisions. They know exactly what they're doing, and wow, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's not going to be not 100 percent of the people are going to like it, but at least they're trying. Like Eric said, they're trying new things, and if you don't like the what they're doing, get used to it because this is the wave of the future for Star Wars. We're going to have stories that you're that are not going to be 
the lineage of the Skywalkers. We're going to have animated shows that are anime style and different. And so get used to it because if you don't get used to it, then you're not going to like it and you're going to stop watching it. And if you don't, if you stop watching it, that's your prerogative. Just don't bash it. You're missing out though. Yeah, you're missing out, man. Have an open mind. Star Wars is still cool and it's going to be cool. And the, at least we have a company that's able to release shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And anytime Star Wars is released, it's a good day for us. That's all I have to say. I have no problems with it. So thank you, King Tom. Really appreciate that. That was a nice voicemail. And you let us really think this thing out, which is which is great. Yes, it is. Thank you, man. All right. Um, thank you for the Star Wars report there, Mr. Struthers. No problem, man. I do what I can. And you do it well. well let's talk some random schmeals. Rob Zombie weighs in on his attempt at the Halloween franchise and some people have been giving him some criticisms because this last one has been doing so well and people love it so much. And Rob Zombie, um, actually, uh, his movies hit the theaters in 2007 and 2009. I totally forgot that he did a second one. Yes. Yeah, he made two. And um, so he, they asked him about his experiences with the Halloween franchise. And this is what he's had to say. He said, to be honest, I would rather be doing my own thing, but I am still proud of both Halloween movies. I prefer the second one, which might surprise people. But the problem is that when you do a remake, you can never get a true judgment on what it is you have done. I think it's the same deal with someone remaking that on Elm Street or anything else. It's just too hard to completely break the formula. So I kind of get that. Like, uh, they didn't break the formula here on the, this new, mm-hmm. the new version of Halloween that we saw. It was pretty much the same type of formula, same type of kills. Yep. They switched some things around, but. I get it. When you change the formula around too much, it's too jarring for the viewer. You start losing people. You start losing people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, very interesting. I don't remember Halloween, the second one that he did for he some had, reason. I know he, he did H2O. No. Rob Zombie did not do it. He H2O. didn't do H2O? No. Absolutely Rob not. Zombie did Halloween and then Halloween 2. Yeah. They just called it Halloween, Halloween, Halloween 2. Halloween 2. Directed mm-hmm. by Rob Zombie. It's very, yeah. very Written confusing. and directed, right? So, we have two Halloweens and, directed, and two yeah. Halloween 2s. Actually, yes. so yeah, there's a two. There's yeah, I think there's four separate actually like Halloween movies. I think there's four separate ones. Yeah, four separate ones. Yes, called Halloween. Yeah, just we have four. Okay, I think. So you have John Carpenter's, and I think his is John Carpenter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's the only way to well, distinguish he, them is who did them nowadays. Right. Yeah. You okay. have to have. You know, but ultimately, he that. tried in the first one. He tried to explain more of why he's doing Michael Myers. Was completely psycho. Yeah. I remember that one. And then the second one was just, he was a serial killer. Really, he was a kid, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Again, Halloween stuff on Halloween night. It has a release date. Boo, what what, what do we got here? So, uh, It Chapter 2 is coming out September 6, 2019. They just had like a little, um, you know, the balloon and It, you know, the the red letters, stuff like that. Just that little poster. And that's oh, it. It's going to yeah, be good. It's going to oh, be yeah. good, guys. Yes, that one's going to be great. Now, I've, we talked about us terrorizing kids over the last couple <laughs> weeks. I, I was Pennywise today with a cool mask. No. You found a legit. I found a legit. That's Pennywise not mask. right, we have man. A whole, we have a whole it section. Oh. I'm on my knees and then I, I'm behind a curtain, like, and I raise the curtain and I just on my knees go, oh, God. Scared no. the shit out of the kids. What the great. fuck? 
So that's two years in a row because last year we had an employee and she was Georgie. Georgie. Oh, no. And she was really tiny and she put on the raincoat and she had the red balloon. We all float. She had a little water bottle. No. Oh, God. That's no, 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 no. None of that. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. And then this year it's like, yeah, her frog blasted out. (laughs) Now it's time for a new segment, guys. We're going to call it the TSL Tilt because we're going to dive into the world of gaming a little bit. So once a month, we're going to talk about what's out, things that are being played, things that are huge, like Red Dead Redemption 2 that just came out, the Spider-Man game that everybody's raving about, Fortnite, which is constantly just a phenomenon in gaming. So we're going to do this by talking to a great friend of mine who actually plays and practices all the time getting ready for competitions on Fortnite. His name is King Wax on Twitch. His name is Elias, and we're going to call him up. We're going to talk to him a little bit about his experiences and why he loves Fortnite and why this game is such a phenomenon. And he might be a little bit distracted because he's actually playing. I don't know if he's doing competitions or what, but he's actually practicing or playing or I don't know what the heck he's doing. But let's uh, let's find out. Let's call uh, Mr. King Wax. What's up, Elias? Yo, what's up, Raj? Thanks for having me. How's it going? Uh, I think you're playing right now. Are you playing some games right now? Yes, sir. First of all, by the way, thank you for agreeing to do this while you're playing. And you're not just playing just for the, well, you are playing for the love, but you also are trying to do competitions and stuff, correct? Yes, sir. I'm trying to better myself. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm just trying to practice, get my build down, just trying to get better. See, this is so crazy to me and it's so cool that people are practicing and it's, it is pretty much a sport now. You know, it's considered a sport. ESPN's got coverage for all kinds of stuff going on. The cover of, I don't know if Ninja was on the cover of Sports Illustrator or he was on the, like, he was on the cover of a sporting magazine, if I'm not mistaken. It's becoming huge. So Fortnite in itself, because I know this is like the most popular game out, correct? Correct. Okay. So what is the lore about this game? And what is the, why are people so in love with this thing? It's just so different. Depends on your, the level you're at. You could be a shooter, but at the same time, this game requires you to build and defend yourself at all times. Okay. If you don't build, you're technically open and you're, you're going to get killed. Not only are you on the attack, but you're also building while you're on t- attack. That's crazy. Okay. So technically, you, you always try to get the high ground on somebody. If you have the high ground, you're more than likely going to survive that little battle. Our boy Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, It's over, Anakin! I have the high ground! Here's the thing. The graphics aren't like the best graphics I've ever seen on, on a game ever in history. I just watched a bunch of screenshots from, from Red Dead Redemption 2, and it looks like it's pretty much you're in real world. So this isn't like the best graphics in the world, but the rumor is, is the gameplay is amazing. It is amazing. The graphics playing a cartoon game, technically. I mean, you're playing right now. What are you playing right now? Are you playing? Are you like practicing or, or are you playing I'm live? I'm practicing, but I'm playing in a lobby, solo lobby. You have any competitions coming up? I thought there was going to be one today, but I guess they moved it. There's okay. going to be um, a duels little competition. That's what I like about Fortnite. They're adding these competitive games that everybody's thrown in in one lobby, meaning computers, consoles, mobile. Sure. Everybody's in one lobby. So there's cross-platform playing on Fortnite. There is cross-platform playing. That is awesome. That's a big issue with some of the games. Like I know Spider-Man's huge right now for the PS4, but... People on Xbox are just shit out of luck. Yes, they are. 
Fortnite is such a great game that they're the ones that made cross-platform possible. You got PlayStation playing with Xbox now. That is really cool. That's like Marvel and DC merging together. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> What's some of the other games that you play, man? What's some of the other ones before you played Fortnite and now you're addicted to Fortnite, but what are some of the was, other ones that you love? I was so into Gears of War. I loved Gears of War. I remember Gears of War was such an amazing game. A lot of people don't like it because it is a hard game to get a hold of. Right. I remember playing it and I, I think I was on like medium mode and just the campaign and it was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, Call of Duty? I know you were a big Call of Duty guy, right? Yeah. After Gears of War, I went into the Call of Duty and I did some game battles and stuff like that in Call of Duty as well. Let's talk a little bit about Twitch. Now, Twitch is an online community that is not only just for gamers, but there's some podcasters out there. Our boy Hasbrokart and Blue Harvest, they're on Twitch. What is the situation with Twitch? You can donate money. You can watch people play games. What is that for the people that don't know what Twitch is out there? Well, Twitch is somewhere where you can hang out, watch your favorite streamers, chat. You get donate. If you love the streamer, you get donate to the cause. These streamers are sacrificing their time to give you guys content. So you guys can buy bits, cheer streamers. It's all what you guys want to do. You guys can donate personally to them. That's, That's rad. Technically it. It sounds like podcasting pretty much. Yeah, technically. You know but I mean? Putting content all, out there. Most of the time is live. So you're getting live stuff. And we have a Twitch. The Sithless has a Twitch, but we really aren't active on it. Um, I just get it so I can watch people play it like Elias here. Elias, what is your... Your username, your tag name, or whatever, so people can follow you and, and watch you try to get better at Fortnite and try to compete and try to kick some ass. My username is KingWack15, but the I is a one. The I is a one. So KingWax15. I is a one. Cool. By the way, you might have heard some sounds in the background. That is his amazing. Was that Thor in the background yeah, going my, crazy? Yeah, that's my son. Yeah, his son's name is Thor, people. That's all I have to say. That's why he's on the Sith list. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, you get better. We're going to catch up with you next month. Give us the lowdown on what's new in Fortnite and what's new in the gaming world. Uh, you keep on plugging away out there. Press those buttons. All right, man. Take care. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. And there you have TSL Tilt. A little step into the video game world. Now, I want to thank King Wax, Elias, for letting us dive into his world of Fortnite while he is actually training and training for competitions and all that good stuff. Follow him. It's K-1-I-N-G-W-A-X. So King Wax, the first I is the number one. So follow him on Twitch. I'm sure he would appreciate it. And we'll uh, check up on him more and more throughout uh, throughout the year and see what he's up to in the wonderful world of Fortnite and uh, other games if he's uh, dabbled into that as well. Well, it's time for this week in reboot. Seems like every week we have some news about a reboot because that's how Hollywood is. Mm -hmm. We're just rebooting shit that's rebooted. This one, I think, Eric, and Les, is we're going to be a little bit interested, and I want to get your takes on it because when I was a young lad, I remember listening to an amazing Queen album, and that Queen album had actual movie scenes in it, which I thought this was the coolest thing in the world, and that was. From 1980, I would say. I'm not mistaken. I'll check that. Our crack team will get on it right now. But it looks like 20th Century Fox has hired Julius Avery to write and direct. Ah, 
Matthew Vaughn was previously being eyed to helm this feature, but now he will instead produce and with John Davis. So what is your opinion, first of all, of this cult classic, Flash? And the millennials only know this now because of Ted. It was back on Ted. Have you ever seen Flash? They, Gordon? Uh, I've seen clips, but not like a full episode. I know. I know. Well, not what even an episode. Is. This was a movie. It was oh, a feature shit. film movie. Oh, yeah. Their God. Yeah. So I guess just <laughs> just pieces. I know what it is. He's a quarterback in New York Jets, something like that, and he he's got like a like a hover thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. But you would really like the soundtrack because Queen. Oh, I've, I've heard. The, yeah. The soundtrack. Space is opera. Yeah. 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 Oh, the is fantastic. Yeah. What do you think, Mr. Struthers, about, first of all, the movie, and then let's get into soundtrack a little bit. Well, <laughs> the movie, actually, when I was a kid, I thought it ruled. As far as the actual merits of it, uh, you know, it's probably probably not it that great. It hold up as well, right, Eric? Correct. But the music itself was tremendous. I... I actually, and I'm trying to find it, I did a, um, my buddies, when he got married, he wanted to have the wedding march, the queen version of the wedding march. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know exactly why we didn't use the original recording. He had me, I like multi-track the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm trying to did it for him. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find it. Yeah, so the movie, you're correct. It doesn't hold up. Special effects are pretty janky, right? But back when you were a kid, it was the coolest thing. And the girl in it was like, I had the biggest crush on the girl. And then you had Ming. And Ming... Ming the Merciless. He ties right back into Star Wars. Because Ming... It's Max von Sydow. Max von Sydow, who is in uh, Force Awakens... Yeah, that's right. He gets he's the agent that gets taken down by Kylo Ren. Yeah. So he ends up being Lord Santeca. So that's who Ming is. It's it's trivia on IMDB says this. Okay. George Lucas loved the old Universal Flash Gordon series as a kid. <laughs> he did. And wanted to make a modern version based on the original comic strips. Right. Federico Fellini was optioning the rights at the time, so Lucas wrote Star Wars Episode Four. A New Hope instead. Interesting. Yeah, I knew that Lucas loved the the originals. And those were series. Yes. Ah, okay. It was like a Saturday morning comic strip, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it it was a television show. Yeah, a television show, along with... uh, So it was three heroes, if I'm not mistaken. It was Mandrake the Magician, the Phantom, and Flash Gordon. Yeah. Hmm. And then they made an 80s version, a cheapy version. But Mm -hmm. back then it wasn't cheapy, and they got one of the biggest bands in the world to do the soundtrack and i remember having going to my cousin's house sitting listening to it in a stereophonic kind of Mm -hmm. speakers and putting it in and listening to the entire soundtrack in the middle of his room and it was like it blew my mind key question so if they do the reboot and they're gonna make a movie it seems like the soundtrack is almost as big or bigger than the movie oh great question so what do they do with that because people think of flash gordon they think of the soundtrack correct Correct. So I do, what's what's there? That's great that they're gonna have somebody good, you know, writing and directing. But I think what also matters is the music in the movie. I think what they really should do is use the same exact music. That's that's my question. Use use Queen soundtrack. Use it for a new reboot. So all I'm seeing now is that, that rad, Guardians of the Galaxy, both movies, yeah, 
had that feel. It had the flash feel. It did. They have that bit, Flash yeah. Gordon kind of colorific kind mm-hmm. of thing going uh-huh. on and just a music ode to yeah. yeah and yeah and the music is is another character itself. What mo- what year did that come out? 1980. 1980 exactly. So I'll give it that. For 1980 the special effects for back then were you know okay. You know they still aren't great. Like Star Wars it, it was the original cut epic. holds up. Yes it does. You know Flash does not hold up mm-hmm. at all. Oh yeah no no you that watch Flash seems. Gordon and you go like there's some cringe moments. Absolutely. Yes. There's a there's a scene, man, where they're on the ship and uh like they're going through this I don't know, like hyperspace warp thing and they're <laughs> it's supposed to be sexy in some weird way and it is so not. It's like beyond uncomfortable. Let's get into real quick strumming with Struthers. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, KTSL The Cephalist brings you Mr. Eric Struthers in his new segment, Strumming with Struthers. And especially this week because Bohemian Rhapsody comes out. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk a little Brian May and talk a little Queen with you. Sure, man. Now, I think we've talked a little bit about Brian May on this podcast, but and I don't know if we've gone into Queen fully, but I'd like to know your take on where they I think we have actually but where Brian May sits in the echelon Mount Rushmore of guitarists so Brian May he's not known as like a technical shredder guitar hero guy okay that's not what he's about what he's about is being uh, an amazing like tone smith okay his guitar tone is instantly recognizable and iconic. He used a like an a, a Vox AC30 like with a like a real trebly top boost. Say what? But yeah, he's he's more known for like his guitar tone and his uh like layering and orchestral stylings. And and let's face it, it's lots of people know who he is, even though even if they're not real hip on to guitar players. And I'm telling you, his sound is so identifiable that if you play like two seconds of Brian May playing, people will know that it's Queen. If they're aware of Queen, they'll know instantly. Right. And that is honestly that is something that most guitar players strive for is they want people they want to have a style that is identifiable and that people that stands out, I guess is what I'm really and trying to say. The question for you is, does the edge from you two have that same style? Cause I know if I hear three seconds of the edge, I know it's him. I'm not putting him <laughs> in the same echelon as, yeah. as Brian may, but his style is so unique that instantly I know who that edge is on this, on this record. He does. He definitely does. And, uh, He's been widely copied by Christian music guitar players. That's the edge, I guess, plays the sound of guitar that Jesus would like. So, (laughs) so yeah, that's seriously, he is the most, most copied guitar player. Whenever I started playing church music, I've never had to use so much dotted eighth note delay 
in my life, but and it, the dotted eighth note delay does that mean holding that holding that same note and repeating it a million times over one song? Well, <laughs> no, that's more like funk music. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, seriously, listen to "I Want You Back" by Jackson Five. It's it was on the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Right. You hear the guitar come in. Dun, bunk, 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 dun. That's the only note that plays the whole time. But uh, no, so dotted eighth note delay is the sound of uh, okay. So like where the streets have no name. And you know the song Cathedral, the Van Halen instrumental? Oh, yes. How it sounds. What he's actually playing, he's playing this. That's all he's playing. But the, the echo places the repeat in between the notes you're playing in Got dotted it. eighth note delay. Got so it. you're playing one and two and three and four and... And because of the echo, it's one and a two and a three and a four and a, and it lets you do like really, really cool musical stuff. And that's like the definition of what the edge does. Yeah. And I, and I love, by the way, I'm not talking shit on the edge. I love you too. I've seen him probably every tour since I was in fourth grade. So I'm not talking shit. I'm just, he's just very unique and he seems like he holds that note and it's ding, 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 unique sound symphonic sound um do you know if he wrote a lot of the music to the queen songs itself now that i'm not sure of how they actually operated as a unit like that but because of his his phrasing and stuff i would imagine that right songwriting's weird okay so you take a song where the the writer of the song is the guy who wrote the lyrics and the melody that's sort of how songwriting law works. But think about a song like, think about a whole lot of love by Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Now let's say that Robert Plant wrote the lyrics and the melody to that. And the melody just means if you guys, I know it's, I, I feel like I should take for granted that people know what that is, but it's just like <laughs> the, the main, the main notes that make up the song. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, it, the, so the the melody and the lyrics are wh- who are what makes the song yours. But the guitar playing in Led Zeppelin in a whole lot of love is a huge part of what makes that song what it is. And so does the guitar player get songwriting credit because <laughs> the, it, it defines saying. the song? And and now, mind you, I'm just using that as an example. I don't know who wrote the lyrics or who has credit for writing that song. That's why a lot of groups will do, or the band wrote the song, written by band name. But, uh, yeah, how do you define that? How do you yeah. define that? But Brian, Brian May's sound is, you know, plainly, I don't think somebody was dictating to him, here, play these notes. I'm sure that it was him coming up with his guitar parts. Now, past that. As far as his contributions as a songwriter, I'm not sure. And I'm, I, my credentials as a rock musician are in the toilet for me not knowing that. But No, 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 no. And I'm sure we'll get a gist of it in the film, which comes out this week, which I'm very excited about. 
But uh, thank you for that, man. Uh, that's uh, a little strumming with Struthers. I love always getting into music with Eric. Like he'll, you ask him one question and he just dives in deep. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to hit you up with Rush soon. So do your Rush research because they're my, one of my favorite bands of all time. You might want to like give me a little more, hey, I'm going to talk about Rush and give me a heads up of, of exactly what you're going to talk about because that's a pretty broad ranging thing with, with just rush you mean yeah it's like okay well which album are you going to talk about what what about the album you about are you going to talk about musicians there no let's just talk about getty lee only and then just no, no, like, cause I, i'm a huge alex life <laughs> no, no, then you break oh no no we'll do alex later yeah. or, or no neil next. Oh, yeah the guy named neil is yeah, yeah that guy neil, yeah, yeah, it, you want to talk about down. him no. yeah as a musician, six part strumming with Struthers. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. As a musician, a I just want your take on how great they are as musicians, and and, and how Alex Life is very underrated as a guitar player because of how great Getty and Neil were. So I just wanted your take on Alex later on. We won't do it. Yeah, no problem, man. Sizzle. Sizzle when we hit up Rush. That's right. And they have their own Funko Pops now, exclusive in Canadian Comic Con or whatever that was. That was pretty cool. Oh, that's still, awesome. And I still don't have it, unfortunately. By the way, we never talked about your opinion on whether there should be a Flash reboot. And if and, and Boo had a great observation of what kind of music will they play for the soundtrack. And I said they should play the Queen soundtrack even in a reboot. How great would it be to be in a theater and listen to that thing blasting? Especially remastered and everything. I think that's a great idea. I I, I think that'd be fantastic. And as a matter of fact, if they don't do that, then that would be just a real shame. And that would be a cool selling point to get fans to go to watch a reboot is to say the original soundtrack will be remastered and played. People will just go to see it just for that. Yeah, you're correct. Les, what's your your take on this? Reboot should be done or not? Yeah, totally. Yeah? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Like I said, Guardians had a certain feel. Um, it's, it was as cringy, and I know it doesn't hold up, but it was actually a very epic movie. Fla- we're talking about oh, Flash, Flash. Gordon. Yeah, yeah. there's a Guardians of Light. Guardians no, no, no. What, what I'm saying is, is it, it was a very, like, it was a basically like Lord of the Rings and, you know, like the war. It was epic. The war scenes and stuff like that. Like, all that stuff, you can almost say it kind of has some small influences. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it was just a space opera and totally cool. I enjoyed it as a kid. I'm like, oh, okay. But I mean, I was able to see it when I was like six, even though it came out in 1980, but it was still pretty cool to watch. <laughs> the edited yeah, and version. And you saw it later on, too. <laughs> and then I saw it later yeah. on as, you know, as I got older. And yeah, man, it'd be totally cool to watch. You know, uh, you know, this was on the heels of Star Wars coming out and, and the success of Star Wars, and they're like, "Holy yes. shit, what uh-huh. can we possibly do really quickly?" And still better than that Billy Zane movie called The Phantom, which was shite. Oh. Oh. I love The Phantom. I remember renting Get that movie like out. every time I could. That and the uh, you love the Billy- Transformer movie. And the Transformers, the cartoon movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The killed Optimus? Yeah, we died. That's, fucking that's, that, that's, that's fine. Yeah. yeah but so the I'd Phantom read, movie was horrible. I'd read <laughs> yeah. both of those There are lots movies. of like the, 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 the Transformers thing. You're okay. The, the Phantom movie the Phantom was, was garbage. Sh- he, would punch, he would punch his ring into people's foreheads. <laughs> you fucking kidding oh, me? Who, who who you got into a fight with? And oh, he just fucking take goodness. off his cap or move his Dark Man was better, dude. What was that? Oh, Dark Man. 
Dark. I remember Dark Man. Dark Man. Okay. Uh, dark man Rabbit like, Hole. Dark, sorry, dark man is like a, a cult class. Eric, you remember Dark Man, right? Um, I feel like I, I do. I, you know, me too. That's I Liam Neeson. Was that Liam That's Neeson? Young Liam Neeson. I just remember seeing statement. him on a bridge, and he had a dark outfit. Correct. Yeah, he got blown up in his face. He yeah. developed a way to make uh, temporary skin, so he can put any kind of mask, any human <sighs> face on that he wanted. Oh, that's pretty bitching. We talked about Dark Man on the Sith list. Okay, so let's get into let's get into the Kessel Toy Run with a little PSA. That is holiday music you're listening to in the background, but don't change that dial just yet. This is Arash from the Sith List, and I'm here to talk to you about the Kessel Toy Run, Episode 2. Join forces this holiday season, like we did last holiday season, and get together and donate a new Star Wars gift to a hospitalized child and family unable to spend the holidays at home. Now, our boy Brandon's setting this up. He did it last year, and he did an amazing job, and the gifts were just unbelievable got out to so many wonderful kids that are spending their holidays not at home. This toy drive is going to go from October 15th through December 20th. And all you have to do is go to Amazon.com and under account, click on find a list or registry. Go to search and I want you to put in the Kessel Toy Run at gmail.com. Then you click wish list. Choose your items slash items you'd like to buy. Then send your selection to the address, which I'm going to give right now. Send it to Brandon Manriquez, P.O. Box 7232, Long Beach, California, 90807. Now, if you don't want to use Amazon, it's all good too. If you want to go to Walmart or you want to go to Target, and you want to find a gift on your own, just send your items to the address that I listed, and that's Brandon Manriquez, P.O. Box 7232 Long Beach, California, 90807. So you might be asking, how is Brandon going to distribute all this by himself? Well, he is. He's got some help. Toys will be distributed by the Child Life Program at Miller Children's and Women's. Also, our friends, the Rogue Rebels and Saber Guild Temple Prime. When you make that selection, I want you to go on Twitter and tag at Making Star Wars and also tag us at The Sith List. But I definitely want you to tag at Kessel Toy Run. That's at symbol T-H-E-K-E-S-S-E-L-T-O-Y-R-U-N. And are you in? Oh, hell yeah, you're in. Because this is a great thing to do. It's the holiday seasons. Let's put a smile on these kids' faces. This is what fandom is all about. Guys, thank you. And I can't wait to see what you guys get for these wonderful kids. There is our little PSA, our little, as they call it on Now This Podcasting, our NPR PSA, which I didn't know that they're playing our PSA throughout all their podcasts, which is cool. Yeah, it is fantastic. Yeah, so I'm very proud of that because we love Brandon mm-hmm. and we love what it stands for. Absolutely. They've been getting tons of donations, so please do your part. Make a kid smile during the holiday season. There's nothing more important than that. While we're talking about this, I know that I've had a couple of people that I've mentioned it to say, man, that's really awesome. Uh, but is is there anything similar I can do for kids in my area? I don't know. I can't mount a, a major campaign like this. I, I, I tell you how you can help. Your local 501st Garrison does hospital visits and they I know that mine the 70th explorers they the host, the children's hospital visits are a very popular troop to be a part of because it's just so impactful and it's part of 
what makes the people who are really involved do what they do. And they would, I'm sure, accept monetary donations. Just go to 501st.com and check out your local garrison. And just what you want to do is there'll be email contact for everybody. Find your local garrison and email the CO, commanding officer, and they will tell you how you can help in your local area while in addition to helping out the Kessel Toy Run. Great. That's fantastic. Thank you for that. That's true because a lot of people want to donate stuff to their community that they live in, and that makes total sense. That's fantastic. Thank you for that, Eric. No problem, man. All right. Moving on. Game of Thrones news. Not the actual Game of Thrones that we're waiting for for three years, but a prequel. And they, Variety, announced that it, this is a, coming out before the final <laughs> season comes this out. This might come out before the final season. Yeah. No. And the final book. The Variety, oh, has, the Variety has come out and said Naomi Watts, who's an A-lister, will star in the Game of Thrones prequel pilot at HBO. And uh, the exact details of Watts' character are being kept under wraps, but it is known that she is playing a charismatic socialite hiding a dark secret. So interesting to get a big name. That is a big name for a a show like Game of Thrones. Not that that's not a huge show or anything. I'm just saying, usually they go with no names, mm-hmm. right? So Naomi Watts, I, she's great. I have no problems with her. I'm, and I'm guessing she may be a Targaryen. Well, that's a good question because there's been rumors that this this show, the prequel, might culminate right before the Dark, King's Landing, the no, Conquest. No, the Dark Knight. Or or what do they call it? The, the Long Night, night. or great, the Long Night? Great Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Long Night, right right before the the uh, winter winter arrives and it gets all fucking cold for like a yeah. And that's the years. war where they fight and build the wall. So exactly. So it, it would be the Targaryen rule already. Then, yes. Like middle of Targaryen. Yeah. When you, you have Bran the Builder and stuff like that, and you know those, those kind of people. Yeah. So there, there's a rumor that uh, Naomi Watts prequel might correspond with that time. It's cool that we got some Game of Thrones information out. Moving on to comic book TV movie schmeals. The Falcon and Winter Soldier getting a miniseries on the Disney live streaming. So this is huge because now we're getting Mandalorian and we're getting the Falcon and Winter Social Social Winter Soldier. The mashup. Falcon at the Winter Social? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Marvel Heroes Falcon and Winter Soldier are teaming up for a potential limited series at the Disney streaming service. Again, Variety is reporting. Variety has learned exclusively that Malcolm Spellman has been tapped to write a series featuring the two superheroes, which is currently in development at The Streamer. It is the first of the proposed Marvel limited series to find a writer. Marvel and Disney has declined to comment on this information. So Variety has put it out there. So there's going to be a bunch of limited series. And I heard that. It's, it's all the main actors, too. All the real yeah. main yeah, actors. So the the, that's the right. original and actors are going uh, to be. Scarlet Witch is going to have one as well. That's yeah, and Vision. So it's going to be real heavy into yes, it. Exactly. So they're going for it. This streaming service is going for it. So this also makes me think that we might get a limited series Poe Dameron. A limited series, I don't know. Phasma. Phasma. Well, yeah, no, because they're showing you that they're going to be able to tie. It, they're doing it with A-list actors. And, and just like comic books, these would be miniseries tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And this is how we roll. Mm-hmm. I love this. You uh, feeling excited about this, Eric, that because of this, we might be getting some Star Wars limited series action? That would be cool. It definitely would. I think that there are several characters that I could see that really working out for. But But, yeah, neat. Very exciting news. And I'm excited. Uh, I would guess it would be them 
possibly taking up the mantle of Captain America, sharing it between them two. May- oh, maybe. That's bold. Because I know and that beautiful. they're possibly thinking mm-hmm. of having Falcon take on, uh, become Captain Falcon mm-hmm. and carry the shield. And then I think at some point in the books, Bucky picks it up after Steve Rogers dies. Mm-hmm. The last thing we're going to talk about is The Walking Dead. Now, I know Eric is not a watcher of the dead. And I know, Boo, you are not updated. I'm not. In the dead. I'm not. But I will, I do want to talk just a little bit about where I, how I think the series is so far. Mm. I won't spoil anything for you, um, Mr. Arguello. But I will say that I am pretty happy with the storyline of this season so far. I think it's back to how it was three or four seasons ago. I am not happy still on how it's being filmed and how the direction of the show is. Not the direction of the storyline, but the actual directing and direction of the show. It's just... Is is that the photography? It's Something's off. And it's been off for two or three seasons. If you go back, like you said, you watched the first season again. Mm -hmm. It's not the same type of feel. Something's amiss there, but the storyline's really good. There's a a tiff between the group, and it's a heavy one. Mm. Uh, I'll just say that. A spat? Maybe. There's a spat, and things are really coming to head. There are characters that have already died. Oh, shit. Yeah. So you definitely need to watch. Okay. And the ratings are doing really well again. So they were really rough last year. And I'm saying really rough like nobody's watching. They're still the highest rated cable show in the country. But the numbers were dipping down. Now they're uh, going back to normality a little bit. So uh, people are responding to it. And we all know that Rick Grimes, Andrew Lincoln is leaving, which I thought it was a mistake to tell people that he's leaving. Actually, and- this uh, not to cut you off, but this Sunday that our, this episode mm-hmm. of The Sithless airs yeah. will be the final Rick Grimes episode. Are you kidding me? Yep. Already? Yep. Oh, man. That's, that's sad. So here's the big question that I have is, will they kill Rick Grimes off or will he just leave? And leave it open to come back later on. What do you think, Mister Gonzalez? I, I personally, I would rather him leave. You don't want to see Rick die. Yeah, leave and just say I'm going to take my little lady and we're going to go and just just off into and the by sunset. Little lady, you mean me, Sean? Uh, just Judith. Oh, just Judith. Yeah. You think that he would leave? But it, because they didn't say this is Michonne's last episode. No, that's what I'm saying. So you think he would leave Michonne, take the baby and take off, or you would leave that baby with Michonne and, and power of her and the, and everybody else? And you know what? If they write it to where, like, look, I'm going to go find something better or try to find something and I'm on a journey and he just strikes out on his own, I'll take that. Kind of like a Carol-ish thing. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but he's going to be like, I don't know if I'll be back. I don't know how long I'll be back. Mm-hmm. And we just go, okay, fine. Just, Andrew he Lincoln just did wrote write, on off did write a fine. very nice... Tweets, letter, goodbye. Mm. goodbye. Doesn't seem like he's coming back anytime soon. Yeah, so, I mean, but to outright wipe him out, uh, that's, oof. It's going to be For rough. me, it's that's very hard case. to swallow. Us, yeah. Especially if we've been watching since day one. This is the ninth season, correct? For almost yes. 10 years, we've been watching this character develop, and he's a big part of this show, and that's why I still believe that if he is gone, the show's not going to last more than another season or two. Mm-hmm. It's going to be done. What do you think, Boo? You think this is the death or the going away for a little bye-bye time? If I had to pick one, die. 
You want to see? Okay, I'd, yeah, that yeah makes sense I'd, for you. It, you it's, sick son of a bitch. Yeah, it's got to be finite. It's got to be. Uh, I don't like. I don't like being teased. Uh, oh, this person's back or stuff like that. If you're gonna die, that's it. You know, there's you know, if there's he dies, no, he dies. Yeah, pretty much. You know, there's no Jon Snow coming back to life. There's no witch. None of that. You, I'm. I want you to die. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, boot, watch it so we can talk about it. Absolutely. I want to get your take on this uh, this season. And uh, if you have any questions or email us about The Walking Dead, please do so or call us and leave a, a voicemail. We would love that. Okay. I think we have covered everything in the Week in Geek this week. Mr. Struthers. Hold on. Mr. Struthers. <laughs> Where can people listen to your beautiful, healthy set of hair? Ah, uh, well... If you want to listen to my hair, you'd probably have to just call me on the phone. But if you want to listen to me talk more about Star Wars, you can listen to my other podcast, The Bad Motivators. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. It's a pretty sweet show. And if you want to hear some dope-ass guitar playing, extend it through the month of November (laughs) because Johnny mentioned it on Rogue One. He said this month and next month so hey you know what man i'm gonna just honor that the if you buy my rogue one a star wars podcast for winners bumper and theme music ep for a measly three bucks on my Bandcamp page ericstrollers.bandcamp.com you will get in your email a code for free to download my even longer ep of classical slash rock music that is some people have said it's the best thing they've ever heard i'm just that's their review i had no influence over it but um you know my kids are pretty neat so anyway (laughs) there it is very cool also all that information is going to be on our show notes it was on our show notes last week so if you go in there you will find where you can click on mr strathers's band camp information and you can listen and buy and purchase all kinds of cool stuff for three dollars that's it (laughs) by the way i I do want to give a shout out to mr johnny grosso because he he uh made my morning the other day i went on twitter and i was i think it was a day late but i went on twitter and I, i saw my page was on his page and i saw that his beautiful dog leia was walking and if you know the story of this beautiful dog, Leia's had a tumor and pressing against, I believe, on on her stomach, and it's very painful for her. So she drags her back feet. But this beautiful, amazing dog started walking and walking with all four legs, mm-hmm. and it was the coolest thing to see. And I saw it on the video, and it just made my morning. So I just wanted to say a wonderful um, shout out to him and Leia and my Leia. My dog Leia gives a big L hello and get mm-hmm. well soon to his Leia. So I want to do that. Mr. Carlos Borg, where can people find you on the Twitterville? At the Sith List, boo. And Crunch Crunch is tired, but he looks like he's okay now. Where can they find you? At Less is More 78. That is on Twitter, obviously. And it's on Twitter. And I hope everybody in Twitter can just we have a great time together and just relax and have just a wonderful time in fandom. That's all I will say. We're going to have the great Claire Stribling on next week. We're very excited about it. I've wanted her on for a long, long time. The stars have lined up, and we will have her in the Sith Lair next week. 
We will catch you next week on episode number 118 of The Sith List. If you twist and turn away If you tear yourself into I could, yes I would